0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Artist Studio. My name is Sean Davis-Newton here representing the Cups and Cakes Network. Happy to share uh, episode uh, two from the Sled Island series, a bunch of interviews I did down in Calgary over the course of the festival. This one is with uh, is with all-time greats, Ombigezi. You might know uh, either of the solo projects from the two main members, Adam Sturgeon, who is part of Status Non-Status, and Daniel Monkman of Zune, and uh, also of this podcast last year. We talk about uh, a ton of things, the, the, the wonderful things you can do with Bannock, uh, we talk about uh, how the project kind of came together, how they started writing collaboratively, and how they had a you know near miss with each other while they were both living in uh, London, Ontario. Of course, there is some foul language in this episode, so listener beware. And, of course, you can find other episodes of this podcast and all kinds of other audio, video, and written content over on the Cups and Cakes Network website. That's cupsandcakespod.com. One more time for everybody in the back, that's cups the letter N, CakesPod.com. Here's Adam and Daniel from On The Gate. I'm
1: um, Daniel Monkman, also known as zoon
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole intro.
2: Sir, I can't hear you there. Yeah, I'm, I'm deaf in the one ear.
0: Yeah, we're sitting outside here in the kind of mid-morning Calgary traffic in a park with a bunch of very weird kind of slender manny statues and uh and the second member of the chat today
2: yeah i'm adam uh <laughs> also known as status non-status
0: perfect yeah and we're we're here to chat about uh new ambgezi uh record here uh, of course at sled island uh this is of course also inside the artist studio that's the name of the podcast uh without kind of any further ado we'll just jump into some rapid fire stuff yeah uh, Do you have a specialty dish That you cook or bake That people associate with you
1: uh, Bannock pizza oh, nice. oh yeah Yeah I was taught As a young kid And I make it all the time Well I used to Not so much these days actually. You need to make that for me Yeah <laughs> Nice Thin uh, crust bannock pizza
2: Okay oh, Yeah nice. yeah Like in cast iron Um You gotta cheer away Yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. You just roll <laughs> yeah. out
1: the, 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 the bannock really thin Mm. And you put some oil on the bottom and then you flip it onto whatever pan you want. And then, you just put the then you put the toppings on. And uh, When I was with my mom, we put like venison steak, like deer meat. Yeah, you know, yeah.
2: Ground up like elk and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Vegetables. Mine's venison chili. Venice. Okay. It's a recipe I got from a hunter living in Michigan many years ago. And I've always kept it. It's got a few secret ingredients that so just take it to the next level. <laughs> And then um, at my house, we call it shepherd's poo, <laughs> not shepherd's pie. Yeah. But uh, those are kind of the, the dishes that um, that I contribute. <laughs> <laughs> is anything different about shepherd's poo versus shepherd's pie, or is it just, it's just shepherd's pie? Uh, it's just shepherd's pie. Uh, I think I've had like a lot of different iterations of shepherd's pie, though, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, so mine's got the like uh, soup can in it, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Do you prefer tea or coffee? Uh,
1: I like both of them. Yeah. They're both good. Yeah. I had a ice cap. Uh, what did I have yesterday?
2: You had a a decaf latte.
1: D K F ice latte. Yeah. With uh, almond milk, and it was the best.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I drink like a latte a day. Yeah. At least. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah this is gonna show how little like coffee experience i have but like what is a latte is it espresso i just found out milk? yesterday i just found yeah, out yesterday yeah
2: that's exactly it it's espresso and steamed milk okay yeah it's kind of sweet yeah. and if, now that people are using like more like oat milk or i'll go oat milk latte yeah yeah it's a little sweeter it's pretty good um and then i think uh, flat white's like basically a latte with like less steamed milk yeah yeah kind of a
0: thing This is like a good piece of local Edmonton kind of, not trivia, but little Edmonton fact. There's this bubble tea place that opened up in the basement of like the hundred-year-old Strathcona Hotel. Um, And they only use like alternative milks. Um, And whether they know that the name is bad or not, or if it's a translation thing, place is called Nut Milk. Nice. Uh, <laughs> not milk. Yeah, so we can memorialize that forever on this uh on this show. <laughs> um, yeah. What's the weirdest job you've ever had? Weirdest job?
1: Music? <laughs>
2: yeah, doing deliveries for a brewery was like pretty weird actually. Just, yeah, yeah. It was like complicated and oddly hard. I was using my own vehicle and stuff, but um, I don't know, I was a street outreach worker for a long time, and so you're okay. dealing with a lot of different personalities, a lot of interesting circumstances and um but you know advocating for the for the good people that need that support, so yeah uh, like, yeah,
0: weird but good, yeah, that's one where I feel like uh the job itself is maybe not weird, probably weird stuff happens all the time, but Systemic. It's like it's like a very uh mm. necessary g- gig, so yeah. But uh, what about yourself, Daniel?
1: Um, the weirdest job I had, uh, I would say about like 10 years ago, uh, when I got got out of music, I was trying all types of jobs out. Yeah, yeah. And I started uh, my friends, Travis, who passed on in 2020, his mom, Bonnie, who also passed away in 2020. Um, She was the head worker at the NDP office in Winnipeg. Oh, okay. So she was like, Daniel, come canvas for the federal election. Um, You'll work with this. uh, I can't remember who the person was, but I did really well. All I did was just smile, though. (laughs) And, uh, And then they were like, oh, hey, you know what? You should work with Nikki Ashton and be her assistant and go up to those... The northern communities and like be her little token native dude. you were the token <laughs> i was the token native oh you were absolutely <laughs> oh, yeah and, boy. And, and i talked to my mom about that i was like i was like i'm being tokenized i was like but they're gonna pay me and they're gonna fly me out and i'll be able to like connect with the northern community so i went yeah and um the place was just devastated it it looked like a third world country yeah yeah there was there was houses where i would knock on the door and i'd be like oh hey i'm here with nikki ashton do you have a moment to talk? And I'd go inside the house and there'd be black mold over every single thing, a, a, f- a hole in the floor. Yeah. But then all of a sudden a 70 inch flat screen TV, yeah. you know, with like Pepsi and like video games. And and at the time I was like, I was really sad. And I remember I cried, but I I told my, I in my mind, I was like, so they're spending all their money on this entertainment stuff. But then when I talked to my mom, she gave me a new perspective and she said, She's like, "No, Daniel. This is what she this is what the mother can provide for her children so they can kind of forget about where what situation they're in." Yeah, yeah. And made me realize my experience on the res too where it's like I was just watching a bunch of movies all the time. Yeah. Trying to forget about Res dogs running around
0: eat you. Well, cuz yeah, like again, perspective wise, the cost of fixing an entire house that is that fucked yeah. is like that you don't even own yeah exactly it's, it's, it's like in the uh, northern
2: communities, the costs of getting supplies there, the federal government and the provincial government argue over responsibilities and yeah yeah all those things it's all this systemic stuff that um, yeah. is meant to oppress people and um, cause awkward judgments that um, we don't fully understand at the time, right for, for you know? sure, yeah, yeah yeah. Uh, what's the first car you have around? (laughs) Uh, I got my sister's car. Okay. It's an 88 Escort. It's a hatchback. (laughs) It's so weird looking. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you still have it? No, no, no. (laughs) I I burned that thing out like immediately. (laughs) 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 I immediately destroyed that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As it happens, I guess. (laughs) Um,
1: Wow. Uh, my first vehicle was a four by four tracker. Yeah. Yeah those are Uh, funny when I was like 16 years old my dad showed up randomly to my house and he was just like oh I got you a car and I was like that's great like I don't have my license (laughs) and he's like oh we'll just keep it out on the res until you get yours and um, I remember he just destroyed it yeah and I never got to really drive it (laughs) and then uh, my dad destroyed a couple cars too
0: yeah yeah it was just like done My brother was the car destroyer (laughs) in our house. It was uh, several times, (laughs) but uh, yeah, Uh, let's see. Okay. If you could uh, book yourself on a bill uh, and choose either a a headlining band to play with or an opener to play before you guys, uh, what what kind of
2: band would you pick to play with? You want me to go? I guess I'd probably like start with Eric's trip oh yeah um, my favorite band was Elevator which is like an extension of that band yeah mm-hmm. but um, you know Eric's trip was the first Canadian band signed to sub pop and um, fortunate enough to you know be friends with Julie now and um that's like a dream come true because when i was a little when i was a kid like i had my boom box and my headphones hooked up to the cd player beside my bed and i would listen to them to go to sleep and you know to get to rub shoulders and um play with them in their different iterations it's been really really cool and to just have their support to know that after all this time they're still doing it yeah they're yeah. still the ones that that i would put on at the top of the list absolutely yeah um, I also got to play with the Constantine's several times, so oh, I yeah. was able to check that one off the list because yeah, they yeah, probably for sure. would have been maybe number one. <laughs> um, hmm. And then opening, you know, for me, it was always the band Construction and Destruction, my friend Coco, okay. and uh, last night I got to see her drum with Julie, Oh, cool. so nice. uh, cool. I think it's all square. <laughs> Do you know, are they playing with the same lineup today?
0: Because I know Julie's doing the block party show. Yeah, I think it's the same lineup. Okay, that was the one I was really
2: hoping to catch. Yeah, definitely yeah. do it. It was good.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was good. Uh, so I have to choose, like, an opening band? Yeah. A uh, uh, band to headline? Yeah. Oh, shoot. I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would, love, I would have loved to play with like Redbone in their prime or something oh, <laughs> come and get your love yeah <laughs> that would be a lot of fun
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't know Willie Dunn or something play with Willie Dunn that would be cool just to see how he sang those songs live yeah yeah um
0: I don't know that's it I guess yeah yeah Did just those two did either of you like grow up listening to a lot of Canadian stuff or was it pretty like Americanized in terms of
2: Kind yeah, like what? after after like the Nirvana, Weezer kind of grunge thing. Right. Um. I got into like pop punk for two seconds because I thought No Effects was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um. I actually got to mix monitors for them one time, so that was oh, kind oh, cool. of funny. Um. I've seen them a few times, uh, but um no i was like so can con I, f- I found like eric strip and there's just like this whole world of music and then you start finding out about the music that inspired them right so then yeah, there's yeah. lots of other stuff that was not necessarily canadian but uh you know a lot of 60s psych and yeah, yeah. you know that kind of thing but it, yeah it was always the east coast uh canadian indie lo-fi vibes for yeah me. yeah for sure mm.
0: lots of canadian stuff for you or
2: i think so i would
1: i would I would think so. My mom, my mom was really uh, um, lost, and she found a group of Christian friends, and so there was like a time in my life where I wasn't allowed to listen to anything except for like Christian music. Gotcha. And I remember I would sneak CDs from my brother's room to my room and listen to like, I don't know, I can't even remember what bands it was, but it was just like mixtapes on an MP three, and I would just listen to it and be like. I remember hearing, like, Moby. Yeah.
2: Or yeah. Beck Mellow Gold, right? Yeah. You know, I talk about Beck Mellow Gold, oh, yeah. it's, like, very formative, too. That almost predates, like, yeah, that yeah. goes with, like, Nirvana for me. Yeah. That record. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Um, and we like Donovan, too. Yeah, Jane Donovan. We're always yeah. talking about Donovan.
1: Donovan was a big uh, inspiration for me in junior high. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. going through my psychedelic phase, but... But then I started listening to his, but I was a songwriter too, so I saw it in a different perspective than my hippie friends. I was like, I was like these songs are actually really
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: you know? Yeah,
0: yeah I, there's exactly one Donovan record I know. I can't even remember the name of it. It's like 67 or 68, somewhere in there.
2: But oh, Sunshine, Superman, That's the one. probably. Yeah. Yellow, Yellow, Barabagajal, yeah. Cosmic Wheel. <laughs> Where are we going? Ferris wheel. HMS. Uh, <laughs> These are all the greatest titles. Uh, wear Your Love Like Heaven. Yeah, that's uh, a beautiful song. Shall I continue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Atlantis. <laughs> <Yeah. Advances. laughs> uh, Universal there- Soldier. Come on. Yeah. Did the Buffy same re-thing when she was being oppressed. Yeah, yeah. Donovan represented Buffy. And so yeah. that's yeah, yeah. actually one of the reasons why I've maintained I didn't a respect know. for donovan yeah even i didn't though know he's that happened like a weird hippie shaman kind <laughs> <of> <laughs> he gets voodoo a voodoo vibe you know yeah, we yeah. still
0: give him a pass uh, is there a social media account you like to follow that uh brings you some joy when you scroll past it as opposed to just mm. abject terror um uh, i don't know i just unfollowed like six thousand people so
1: it's a good move now i just see my friends and it's great it's just oh, my friends feeds that's yeah that's yeah. nice it's actually really nice my family too not just some random people from like indonesia and i'm like who are these people
2: <laughs> i'll watch like uh, the algorithm just changes you know for me it just yeah, like yeah kind of morphs all the time um i got a few accounts but uh like I love all the like indigenous beadwork stuff and yeah, yeah. and and just like a lot of the indigenous artists, I usually just like follow along with that and it's just like nice to see it because when I was like discovering it, I had to find it and it, it wasn't anywhere and now right it's, yeah yeah now it's there and and so it's it's uh, the stories are getting told I guess is how I like to think of that yeah yeah, yeah. do you prefer sports board games or video games. I'm back in. I'm back into hockey. I've been watching hockey since. Uh, oh yeah. Montreal got young Cole Caulfield there, but uh, in a past life I I played pro hockey. So okay. Uh, yeah, I yeah. had a terrible relationship with it for <laughs> 15 years. I'm only now just getting into it, and it's really about the culture and the the really distasteful things about it all that yeah, throw yeah. me off. Um, but I try to remember, like being a kid, like out in the backyard rink, having fun, like thinking about my dreams, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I'd like to see the. I'd like to see some positive changes there, so that um, I don't know. It, you know, competition is so terrible on our psyche. Sometimes it's the only thing. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, it's I, I, also good. Yeah. Too,
0: it's weird for me. Yeah, I I had that realization just thinking about differences in the music culture between here and Edmonton. And I think it is just that in Edmonton, nobody is at all competitive with each other. Nice. Everybody just is like, which is good, right? But does also sometimes lead to this thing where nobody's like pushing too hard. Like, I I think it is good sometimes to uh,
2: push the envelope. Yeah,
0: have some people that you're you're a little jealous of and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna I can get there. I can do that. Yeah, right. mm. but the
2: community should support one another and Oh, for sure. um sometimes it feels like um when you get a little bit of success it's like all of a sudden you're not like a part of the thing anymore. Yeah, when, yeah. Like that was really your the whole reason why you got there. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. Plus, you know, your initiative um but yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah. I agree. Daniel, sports, board games, video games?
0: Um I don't know.
1: I don't really not any of them. None of the above. <laughs> <laughs> not really. Right. I don't know. I'm just trying to be honest. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't watch a lot of sports except for when if I'm at Adam's place, I watch hockey, which I enjoy because I grew up watching it. My family was all about it too. But um we
2: don't watch it that much, though. <laughs> really, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's, uh, the playoffs. The playoffs playoff were just, bump.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Coincided with me being around. Um board games no. <laughs> I don't know. I just I do the life thing and that's pretty Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty hard.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. It's a hard game. Uh, let's see. How many you got left here? Let's say two. Uh, is there an album that spurred your love of music?
2: I think we talked about Beck Mellow Gold we, yeah. like, that's a yeah, one yeah. that we both really shared I remember when I was a kid it was the same thing a mixtape my sister is like four years older than me and her boyfriend like made her a mixtape and she's like this is shit and <laughs> gave it to me and it was like Nirvana never mind and Beck Mellow Gold wow. and um that song return to innocence which was like sort of native sounding to me oh yeah, right? cool in that tape i'd listen to it on the bus to go to the pool or whatever and it just like set the sails
1: yeah yeah wow yeah. imagine being able to see that moment
2: i remember it yeah you do. I'm, I'm i'm on, i'm on the bus right now wow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, I'm in the change room thinking about listening to it as soon as we finish. <laughs> like the whole thing, I, it's very clear to me. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, that's cool.
0: Well, uh, very last one here. Then what I've been doing is asking uh, each band to pitch a question to the next band I talk to. Uh, so I had talked to Motherhood yesterday. Uh, the question is, uh, what is the perfect number of people uh, to have in a band? three three yeah Yeah, they told me also that if you didn't say three i needed to correct you and tell you that the right answer was in fact three wrong at all
2: about that it's absolutely three um we travel with big band like for me it is five because i feel like that's like the full sound spectrum yeah yeah. it it creates like a lot of extra expenses all of a sudden you're into two hotel rooms if you're doing hotels yeah um, you're into a big van if you're having a van, and you you know like it it, it gets really big really quick. But um, you know, two guitars, a bass, and some synths and drums, yeah. and a few singers yeah. is mm-hmm. pretty good too. But I've always had the thing for the three piece too. Me yeah, too. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I would love to. My it's funny because my friend Danny's hacking here on Sled Island. We had a band together, and it was a three piece. And I remember it was just like. The best yeah yeah i,
0: I feel like you get a lot of freedom individually in a three-piece because everybody like has a lane yeah. right there's and there's no to, hiding yeah and you also don't then have no to hiding. like uh <laughs> yeah <there's laughs> I, I love to hide like as soon as you're even into four people it's like you need to write parts and you need people to play the parts that have been written or else you have to argue like, over the parts <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you have to sort the parts yeah, gotta yeah. sort the parts out <laughs>
2: we have fun like we we did our record with four of us and then we added uh, this fella derek yeah and and, like he helped relearn us the songs and has been such a beautiful addition to the band yeah so uh are we're really thankful for our fifth member and uh he's also uh, uh mohawk and so uh it means that we've been able to like Create more indigeneity in our project too. Yeah, and yeah. It's really meaningful for us in that way too. So uh, we're three plus uh, two non-natives.
1: <laughs> yeah, a couple mixed people. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, Andrew. let's. Uh, oh,
1: sorry. Oh no no.
0: Oh, I was gonna say let's uh, we'll we'll pivot into the kind of second half of things here then. Let's yeah let's talk about Omvegazi a little bit. How how did uh, how the whole thing kind of come together for you? Um.
1: Yeah, just Adam and I have uh, have kind of been in the same kind of circle for a little while. No? Yeah, yeah. And naturally, uh, being two Anishinaabe people in the music scene and not really seeing others like us doing the same kind of thing, we gravitated towards each other.
0: Right, yeah, yeah.
1: We didn't have too much time before the pandemic, but uh, during it, we had some spare time to write music. Yeah Dedicated to this project Or this like idea That we had And um, Yeah and then it just came together During the pandemic
0: Yeah yeah Are you guys in the same Neck of the woods these days Like before kind of Starting this project Or were you working Over a distance Well interesting
2: Because Daniel did live in London But I didn't know that And I think the first time I met you You were in Hamilton Yeah So we met there Which is pretty close by But um, Drew from Daniel's band lives pretty close to us so in a lot of ways we're like kind of like a london band in a way (laughs) like we practice in london and yeah i have a i have a family and there's a studio in the back of my shop yeah and so uh daniel's like kind enough to like make it work to come my way and i kind (laughs) of really appreciate that it it, it definitely helps make it work because yeah yeah i'm strapped dudes (laughs) i love
1: taking the train it's actually i treat it like a vacation i I just smoke weed and i'm just like oh this is so nice yeah yeah
0: i love it what uh had either of you done much to kind of like collaborative songwriting stuff prior to this uh together or separate just yeah just with anybody else um
1: i don't know it's hard you know hard to
2: collaborate with certain people cuz we started with the remix project like yeah. us so that was nice and it worked out really nicely yeah. yeah um i've i've done it a i've done it a few times and they were like exercises right um, yeah yeah cuz yeah status has always been like very of ourselves right and yeah. um but like we got to do a thing with John McKeel one time when we backed mm. up my buddy Innes one time. And uh, yeah, we, we kind of treated those as these collaborative exercises. Like my instincts tell me to say like, no, we haven't actually done that. Yeah. But, but in many ways we we have, but they were like challenges we put upon ourselves to like either right. step outside of our mold and or to like bring ourselves to someone else's music. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the collaborative process is like somewhat of a spectrum, I think. For
0: sure, yeah, yeah. You know. How, how, how did things kind of go down then for this record specifically? Like, I guess, uh, uh, how complete were the ideas that you were bringing to each other to kind of work on together?
2: Not too complete. Um, we did work on some songs and, and uh, like do some writing and they were cool. Uh, just getting ready and getting the feelings like, oh, cool, this could be neat. Um, but when we got to the studio, we kind of like changed course and let go of some of the more developed things and stepped into the sketches, I think a little bit more.
0: Right. Yeah. Where did you, where did you guys end up recording all this stuff?
1: Um, Bathhouse studio in Bath. Okay. Kind of near Kingston.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a tragically hip studio. Yeah, yeah it's a oh. tragically hip studio. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. How did that kind of come about?
2: Um, Daniel and I started realizing that um, uh, Kevin Kevin Drew from Broken Social Scene was like in our support network mutually. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, so uh, Daniel was like, maybe just give him a call and see if see what's up. And I did, and he offered us his studio time. He's like, I got the studio booked, you guys take it. And he fucking gave it to us, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And he's like, I want to be there. And we're like, great, let's do it. And um, yeah, he really uh, got us like uh, finding ourselves in the moment, like really changed the way that we, like I've changed the way that I write songs now in a lot of ways, even though it's like kind of the same thing in the end where they, the songs like my personal songs get developed yeah uh, I take a lot more um, I, I do a lot more in the moment stuff right right yeah, yeah. And that's what he was good for
0: I don't know if it's just uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's just that I got really old at some point or my hearing got really uh Dicey. Every time a fucking fire truck goes by, it's like I feel like I actually need to like. No, me too. Plug my ears a little bit. It's actually pretty intense sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> can be loud.
0: Yeah, it's just watching it sit there in traffic, and it's just like, there's just nothing you can do to get through. They have places to go (laughs) How how do you guys feel like the types of songs That you're writing for this Project kind of differ from The stuff that you had done before Like what has doing this changed About your songwriting
2: For me I always had Like um, An identity crisis because I'm mixed And um, I put a lot of like political action into my work and I put a lot of um, sort of the tension and release into it I think in a positive way but um, sometimes it's like just like that heavy content and so like we doing it together has been more uplifting in a lot of ways you know it's challenging to navigate having three really busy bands um, but I always keep coming back to that reminder that like we have this, like, really positive thing. Even sometimes when we're playing the shows, I'm like, wow, this is so positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not used to that. <laughs> I'm really, like, yelling. <laughs> you
0: know? Is, uh, yeah, how is this stuff different from the Zune stuff for you?
1: Um, I think with Zune, I just, I don't really collaborate all that much. Yeah, and yeah. For this project, I knew that that was something that I was gonna have to do, and, and so I just, kind of put my ego aside and was just like okay if this is going to be collaborative let's just like let's do it. Yeah yeah. And and that's kind of seeping into my uh into Zune where I'm just like I've always wanted to you know it's a collaborative experience is really nice it's just hard to like trust certain people. Yeah yeah. But I'm starting to just like trust more people and it's allowed me to not hold myself back. Yeah yeah. And I think that's good as good i think that's really good for artists to like discover
2: yeah yeah Yeah. and we stripped back a lot like we went in we're like we're gonna do post-rock and shoegaze it's gonna be the next level and i think that we'll get there and i think our live show is a little bit more like that yeah it's natural for us yeah um but we kind of like created a new foundation with our work i was doing some more jangly stuff yeah and a lot of lyrical kind of content and like like both of us Just like We don't even use Guitar effects really In yeah. the band at all When we're <laughs> playing guitar And that's both of our Bread and butters Yeah, yeah Maybe
1: yeah. just in the moments Of the songs so We click it on And then click it off Yeah, you know, yeah. Never like
0: A long period of
2: time Where, where are you guys Both from? Like where did you Grow up? Uh I grew up kind of all over, um, but my family is like just outside of the Guelph area, and then I moved to London to like participate in the Nishinabe community there. Gotcha. Kind of set up shop in like the the community that my ancestors kind of found themselves in when they got to Canada. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I grew up uh, just outside of Winnipeg, place called
1: Selkirk. Yeah, yeah. It's like ten thousand people. Danny just Danny and I just checked and it's at um 11,000 now. <laughs> Booming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After 10 years we gained a thousand people.
0: <laughs> Shit. I know um, cuz I had thought about this last time I talked to you Daniel like I uh, I grew up in North Battleford, right? Which is about the same size, about 10,000 people. And I think the whole time from when I was, you know, born to 18 just like hated it with such a passion and just did not like being there. And then after leaving and moving somewhere else now have this kind of real nostalgic fondness for being there. Um, have, have your guys thoughts changed, I guess on kind of where you grew up and how you think about, uh, that place, I guess.
1: Yeah. I was just in my hometown, like, um, a little while ago and i i loved it i would love to go back and you know give back to my community because growing up there was no guitar players like i remember i went to a guitar teacher i bought a chorus pedal from him and and then i saw him 10 years later when i was playing across the street in selkirk and i forget what he said to me he said uh Oh, uh, he's like, oh, enjoy the music while it lasts right now. He's like, but because the dream will, like, end.
2: <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fuck, dude.
1: I like- was like, I was like, dude, well, like, I was like, that's not my path. <laughs> it's like, I'm going all the way. <laughs> with
0: or without you, dude, you stay in Selkirk. Or- yeah, there's this weird kind of implication with that, too, of, like, um... Because inevitably it's like, yeah, things will change. You'll probably do something, you know, different or the way that you approach what you do will be different. Um, That doesn't mean that your hopes and dreams are all dead. (laughs) No, he was just, he was just upset.
1: He was like, he was like 65 years old and he's been in Selkirk selling guitar strings for
2: like the last 30, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, man. There's There's nothing. nothing Yeah. Just be, you know, you got to live your life passionately, whatever you do um i think about that because i'm a dad and sometimes there's like this stigma with the other musicians and the industry that don't have kids that that's like uh, the kiss of death and it actually just makes me more passionate and inspired inspired this record that we just made which is you know arguably the most successful thing i've done to date and i'm really proud of it and my family's behind behind it all and that's really great um Something interesting about growing up in a small town, though, is just that there are things about being from there that make you um, like other people that are from there. So right. every once in a while, I'll run into someone from the old town, and there's just, like, certain unspoken things. You weren't even necessarily the best of friends, but now you just have so much in common that you, like, <laughs> are actually very good friends. Yeah, and yeah. I have a couple of people like that in my life. Uh, from the small town and I think about raising my kids in a city and how my parents decided to move to a smaller place so that we could have more freedoms Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. or just like yeah room to move around I guess you know without their thumbs being on us to yeah, watch yeah. over us and you know we're having a different experience with our son because our city's not safe and um you know we're working to find those ways to create that experience for him
0: yeah yeah what what city are you in
2: london in london yeah. okay london's not great nowadays it's no it's it's pretty um it's, it's pretty rough we have a very 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 huge uh homeless population we have a monstrous amount of uh addictions that come with that yeah it's, yeah it's um it's kind of like a desert island for southwestern Ontario. So that's where the courts are. That's where gotcha. Um, the jail is. That's where a lot of the shelters and services are. That's where the healthcare is. So it yeah. It attracts a lot of people. People get stuck there, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, the city doesn't do a very good job of helping. So I know it's uh, pretty rough. North Battleford was like the ten
0: thousand person version of that. Just yeah. because it's getting um, common. Yeah, with that, more than anything, it was just that it's it's surrounded by a series of tiny, tiny towns, like, like, Wilkie and Bigger and Radisson and all of these, like, types of places. And so it's inevitably where everybody comes in because there's a hospital, right? And there's, like, a Walmart even, right? Kind of becomes a center in a certain way. And
2: actually the courts, too, in yeah. North Battleford. Like, if you get released from jail... Um, and you don't have a place to go you get formed to a shelter so very often that just creates like that sets the stage for this vicious cycle that people find themselves in and that'll happen in in those types of communities that are destinations for that type of stuff
0: yeah 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 well uh not to end on kind of a bum note, <laughs> sorry, um, but uh, uh, we usually wrap things up. We'll play a track from uh, from the new record. Was there something that you guys were particularly excited about recently that uh, you wanted to play?
1: Mm, birch, bark.
2: birch bark. I was gonna say, Ogin. O-
1: oh uh, yeah.
2: Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I would go with yours yeah it's we we really love playing we call the song mother it's ogien and um yeah it's it's one that we really love to play live it's uh it's a sound that we are really identifying with and um you know the original land keeper is our mother yeah yeah. we talk a lot about it land acknowledgements and stuff like that should maybe start acknowledging our moms a bit more yeah yeah, (laughs) actually totally start shows
0: with that too that's fun yeah (laughs) i like that yeah do you guys kind of cycle through which song is your favorite at any given time like are there ones even that you started off thinking like yeah this one is the fucking best and then definitely we had
2: some cool moments like we knew that cherry coke and residential military were like cool yeah it was cool that was like that's dan's thing and this is my thing and here we are with this new thing yeah um but what's cool is that like there's some some dan heavy songs and there's some me heavy songs and so you kind of get to like enjoy that experience of yeah like yeah celebrating each other's work and getting to be a part of it you know yeah yeah yeah
0: totally excellent well we're gonna listen to uh a, a song on the new uh on record called o- ogeen ogeen thanks <laughs> um uh yeah albums called sewn back together came out in february 2022 whoa, whoa. february yeah <laughs> thank you guys uh, yeah thank you guys so much for uh, joining me outside on the sunny Calgary yeah, morning yeah it's
2: beautiful miigwech
0: Got nothing on my mind. Inside the Artist Studio is produced by Sean Davis Newton for the Cups and Cakes Network. Featured track O'Geen was played with permission from Ambigazi. Thanks to Laundry Week for the use of their song Nothing on My Mind from the Grimpy EP as our intro and outro music. Inside the Artist Studio is one of the many ways the Cups and Cakes Network highlights Canadian music. Visit our website cupsandcakespod.com to browse our audio, video, and written content. That's Cups, the letter N.